Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. 36 degrees with some light rain, freezing mix, some snow mixed in, depending on where you are in our area. 309 here on this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully the weather didn't get you down. It wasn't too bad coming in. It just uh, started to turn freezing when I left. I came in a little bit early to make sure the roads didn't freeze up on me because we were teetering in the 31, 32-degree area up in the northern tier of Lackawanna County. And some ice was forming on the on the truck, but uh, not too much. You know, little pellets of ice on the on the driveway and deck, but it started to freeze up, so I wanted to get out of there. But as soon as I hit the main roads, there was really nothing to worry about. It was treated well and uh, clear, so hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully we convert this to a little more rain and as the week goes on, it's going to get a little warmer and warmer. Lots to talk about today. We have Tommy Marquez, our Veterans Affairs advocate, coming on at 4 o'clock like we always do on Tuesdays with Tuesdays with Tommy. And um, we'll talk about some local and, and national news as well and whatever you want to talk about. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Uh, let's get first started that uh, Scranton Police Detective Kyle Gilmartin was released from Geisinger Community Medical Center today en route to a rehabilitation hospital in Philadelphia area. Uh, he is having conversations with his family and co-workers, doctors, and medical staff. He was in his uniform shirt and his uniform hat when he was wheeled out on his gurney, conscious and alert, as we like to say, and did raise his hand up in the air high to all his uh, colleagues from around the area and community that came out to see him off. So that's great to see. Unbelievable the uh, the journey he's taken up to now, and hopefully it continues down that way. He appeared in good spirits, smiling, and like I said, he stretched out his arm and uh, clasped his hands with several officers lining the sidewalk when he was on his way out of the hospital and then raised his hand up high so everybody could see it. I posted a picture on my social media if you follow me at Rob O'Donnell, uh, and it's just great to see. And, and you had shouts from the crowd saying, we love you, Kyle, and and a whole bunch of encouragement to him. And it's just amazing that just less than two weeks ago was shot twice in the head where one of the bullets entered through his frontal lobe and uh, lodged in the rear of his brain. And there he is waving at his coworkers, shaking their hands, smiling, wearing a uniform shirt and a uniform hat. It's just the... The, the epitome of a public servant, and that's exactly what he is. So uh, our best of wishes to him and uh, on his road to hopefully what's a full recovery. It's going uh, to be a test, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind he has the fortitude and the, the motivation to, to move through that. So our best wishes to the Gulmartin family on their next journey. And just remember that his sacrifice in serving our community and taking two shots to the head to protect his fellow citizens will not uh, go in vain. It will not go be, be taken lightly ever. 
So hopefully he's walking that beat again soon. And if he chooses not to, hopefully he lives a, a long and fruitful life with his family that, was be, that would be well-earned. Something else that uh, picked it, and I did. Uh, I heard Nikki before she closed out a show. There were questions about the PUC um, public hearings coming up for the Pennsylvania American Water. I do have that information in front of me. I will get to that in a little bit. But you know, I pulled this story yesterday just to show how things could get at the drop of a dime, and then it was kind of added to. Detective Gil Martin being released um, in less than two weeks after being shot twice in the head to his rehabilitation, which was great news. So I wanted to lead with that. But a Delaware woman faces felony charges as police say she branded a gun during an altercation in a Sheets in Scranton. Scranton police alleged Akima Hampton, 23, of Middletown, with possession of a firearm prohibited, firearms not to be carried without a license, terroristic threats, and related counts. Officer Mutual respond to Sheets on Mount Pleasant Drive on Thursday around 3.48 p.m. So just after school last week on a Thursday for a report of a fight between two females, according to a criminal complaint. Detectives arrived, who, arri- who arrived first reported there was possibly a firearm involved. When the officer arrived, she observed the detective talking with the female identified as Miss Hampton, who was sitting inside her vehicle. As additional police arrived, police alerted the other officers uh, of the other woman identified Involved in the incident, according to the complaint, uh, she told police that she was talking to her boyfriend, identified her boyfriend inside the sheets when Hampton approached her and an altercation began. She also informed police Hampton pulled a handgun from her waistband and pointed it at her multiple times. Chambers told police he witnessed Hampton pull out a gun and point it at the woman as well. Officers told Hampton she was under police investigation and required to step her out of her vehicle. She refused, according to the complaint. So police come to an altercation, whatever that may be. It sounds like there's a woman and a guy inside the sheets. Here's this woman from Delaware. She approaches them. Some kind of altercation ensues. Could be domestic-related, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Who knows? It really doesn't get into that from what I see in the article. Removes a handgun from her waistband several times and points it at the the other woman. Police are out there. They get there. Here there's a dispute. Here there may be a gun involved. She's sitting in her car. They're talking to her. Just see how, how easy this could go bad very quickly. Thankfully, this didn't. And as they're talking to her, quick thinking police go in and check the surveillance video from the sheets and see the woman remove a firearm from her waistband. And pointed at the other woman. So now they know there's a firearm involved. They've seen it with their own eyes. They notify the the uh, the other officers that are speaking to this woman who's refusing to get out of her car. Her window's rolled up. And in about four or five minutes, it took for this to take place. An officer broke. Once they found out that she did in fact have a firearm, they broke her fire. They broke her window and removed her from the vehicle. The police noticed the handle of a handgun under the driver's seat where she was seated, per the complaint. Police removed a bullet from the chamber in a fully loaded magazine. 
So as this investigation is going on, just to show you how things could go bad very quickly, how here this is just after school hours, a little after 3 o'clock, between 3 and 4 o'clock on a school day, on a work day, in a sheets, very populated area, people coming and going, altercation, this woman pulls out a gun and points it at the woman. Thankfully, didn't take the step to harm her any further, just wanted to menace her. That's what we call that. But the police get there, and as they're trying to figure out what's going on here, what kind of evidence they have, what happened, was there truly a gun involved, they're looking at video camera. It just shows how quick thinking our local police officers are to get, hey, let's check the surveillance camera, see what it sees. Okay, there is, in fact, a gun. We have to step this up now, and it's no longer a conversation with her refusing to come out of her car. And quick-thinking officers, she is a danger to them. She could have drew that firearm at any time. Smash her window, remove her from the car, secure a firearm. Thankfully, it went that way. Thankfully, there's a happy ending here where you have the bad person, the allegedly, who possessed a weapon, brandished it against another woman, threatening her. No police injured. And they'll she'll have her day in court. But just to show you how these things happen all the time, these situations are very dangerous all the time. There is no such thing as a routine call. You go for what was an argument at a gas station. You get there. You have one woman refusing to get out of her car. You have another woman saying that woman pointed a gun at me. Boyfriend saying or the the male that was with her saying, yes, he did. She did point a gun at her. Quick thinking officers, let's see the surveillance video, you know, talking to the staff at Sheets. Thankfully, the staff at Sheets was very accommodating very quickly. Within four or five minutes, able to see that she did, in fact, have a firearm. Hey, this is now stepped up. She is now a clear danger to both us as law enforcement and the, the and society. You won't come out of the car. We're smashing your window. We're making you come out of the car. That's the way this is supposed to work. But just to go to show you the risks that our officers take day in and day out and the quick thinking police work that our local officers do day in and day out. And I applaud them for their quick thinking here. Taking control of the situation as, as soon as they found out, yes, in fact, there is a danger here. She was carrying a firearm. You have to sort through these things out. When you get to a scene, people say a lot of things, a lot of things that aren't true, a lot of things that law enforcement is supposed to figure out in split seconds. Thankfully, they had enough officers there that responded to this to do multiple things at once and walk away from this safely. Uh, the individual was not supposed to have a gun due to a prior felony arrest, and she is currently in um, in Lackawanna County Prison after bail was denied, thankfully. And it looks like uh, she was uh, barred from possessing a firearm stemming from a burglary charge out of New Jersey in 2015. It just goes to show you there are dangerous people around here. Someone who was arrested for burglary in New Jersey in 2015, carrying a gun illegally now, gets into an altercation, decides to take out that gun and point it at someone, thankfully not use it. And um, everyone goes home safe, and hopefully justice will be served when this person does have their day in court. But the firearm was secured. It will be evidenced. And... uh Job well done by our local law enforcement. But I wanted to highlight this just to show you how routine calls are dangerous and our quick-thinking law enforcement are doing the job that we ask them to do, that we pay them to do, that they swear to do, 
and it's up to us to support them when they do these things. And I applaud the work that was done here by uh, those officers. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about BudgetBlinds.com. Tom and Rick over there, you, you contact BudgetBlinds.com. You're going to be contacted by either Tom or Rick. They're a leader in custom window treatments, 90% more options than the big box stores. That's the one thing that jumped out at me. I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I've gone to the big box stores. I've done my window treatments myself in the past. I was missing out, and my wife looked at me, and she's like, really? I mean, all these choices were out there, and and we settled for what we settled for, and I I agree 100%. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no-questions-asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. These blinds are going to last three to four times longer than what you get at the big box store. I'm just telling you the way it is. The amount of choices, the amount of colors, the amount of UV protection. We have the automatic um, blinds that come drop down. They're like a fine mesh where you can see out so I could still see the beautiful view from the back of my house, which if you follow me on social media, you know what that looks for. But yet the sun and the UV light and you can't see in. I'm looking forward to it, but again... The thing that jumped out at me was the amount of options you're missing out on. Contact BudgetBlinds.com. Again, you will not be disappointed. It is 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 30, 35 degrees, a mix outside. It says uh, mostly rain, but I've seen some mixes out there, depending on where you are. So I would imagine that's what you're going to get out there as well. It's... uh. 324 in Northeast Pennsylvania. You can call at 570-883-0098 and get involved with the conversation. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Elle from Wayne County. Elle, what's up? Oh, uh, nothing much. What's going on with you? Nothing much. Well, um, I just wanted to say, I I did text you a text. Uh, I was just wondering why they're sending Gil Martin all the way down by Philly to do his rehab instead of keeping him here where all his friends and family are. And um, there was something else I put on the text. Why Why wouldn't they keep him here? After all, NEPA is the one that saved his life. Well, they did. The hospital, the staff at Geisinger CMC did an outstanding job. That's why they one of the best trauma centers in the area. But I am sure with a bullet that came in through his up, his, up above his right eyebrow, entered through his frontal lobe into the rear of his brain, uh, he's following the suggestions of the experts who saying he should get the best rehabilitation wherever because we don't know what damage was done. So uh, I'm sure he's being guided by the experts of where the best rehabilitation and chances for him to make 100% recovery are, and that's where him and his family have decided to go. Okay. Now, um, oh, there was something else I was going to say. Well, anyway, uh, a while ago, January 5th, there was a, a news bulletin, and it showed what Georgia was doing. And I had, I had texted you at the time, but you didn't didn't answer me back, but... This would have been a great opportunity to have something like this locally. They do drone responders, and it was really interesting. And they 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 had they had a lot to say about oh, then you know we're being watched more, blah blah blah. But I'll tell you what, if 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 this would have helped in this situation, it would have been fantastic because they send out a drone first. And they had it set up like a 911 center. They send out a drone to, to check a situation out. And then there's a, a, a second drone that went out 
and then that way they're able to see what the situation is, how dangerous and everything. And it only took seconds for that first drone to get there. And they said that was really important because where the other way, sending like a police car, it would take minutes to get there or, you know. And I'll tell you what, it was really, really interesting. I think maybe we need to look into that. Well, police departments all around the country use drones now. I, 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 unless they had a drone uh, pilot on standby 24-7, I, I don't see how it took seconds when it took uh, officers to take minutes. But uh, I know police departments all around the country use drones for specific cir- circumstances, for crowd controls, for response when there's a hostage situation that they put up all the time. It's done all across the country. I know Pennsylvania does it in certain areas. I'm not sure of the capabilities here locally. And quite honestly, I don't know if I would let that information out if even we used it here because you don't want to tip off anyone that we do have these assets and use them. Well, I'll tell you, it, 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 <laughs> I think it would be beneficial. I mean, if it could save somebody's life or risk of being r- critically hit, you know, I think it would be so, so important, especially in Scranton, because they have all these gangs. Well, no, it's a double-edged and, sword. Know, it's a double-edged sword, Al, because if, you, if you're taking time to put up a drone and not send officers in, then um, if something does happen, say the bad guys shot at another house in Scranton and ended up wounding or killing someone, then they would blame the police for not going in and using a drone instead. So it's a double-edged sword. It's not a catch-all for everything. But I know police departments all around the country, including those in Pennsylvania, use drones all the time. All right. Well, like I said, Georgia had a a center set up just like the 911 center. And as soon as the call would come in, the the first drone got sent out, and then— it, that that's why it only was there in seconds. And when I when I had texted you in the beginning of January, I think I actually had told you how many seconds they said the fern the first drone took to get there, and then the follow up drone did go out too. But they also sent the crew then because this way it enabled the crew to see what the situation was before they actually got there. So they were ahead of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was really really interesting. If you can, if you, I don't know if you'd you'd probably be able to still pull it up, pull it up on the internet, but I don't know. Oh, like, like it, I said, I'm familiar. Major police departments, a lot of police departments around the country have been using drones for a long time. They have their own units specifically for that. Uh, along, I mean, New York City has has probably uh, twenty helicopters as well as planes, as well as whole units with drones. I think they have you know, 80 or 90 drones that are used throughout the city at certain times. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, Al. Have, Have a, a great, great day. day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yep. And uh, somebody texted in, we need uh, better leadership that encouraged the best medical facilities to locate to our area, three hospitals, a medical college, et cetera. We send too many out of area. Let's be a destination or a deterrent. Um. Uh, listen, we have a, we have one of the best trauma centers, and it was just proven in this past two weeks in in the Northeast. I, I would put up it against anything. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I know 
our, our medical facilities here are in fluctuation. As we lose, we gain. Um, but again, I, I think the entire purpose, and I'm not going to allow this to turn into a bad thing because I don't think it's any slight to our local medical facilities. You're 100% right. The doctors and nurses from the ER to the ICU to the med surge, the surgical rooms, the neurosurgeons, um, every single person who came in contact from from the moment that call was put out to the moment he got there did an extraordinary work at Geisinger CMC and our entire area. That said, I am sure that this entire thing is being guided by what is the best in the area, and that's what Detective Kyle Gilmartin deserves, the best. I, I don't care how good it is here. If there's better somewhere else, and I don't care where that is, um, he should be sent there to get the best because that's what we owe him. We owe him to return home sooner than later, the same as he left before that shift happened. And wherever that is, wherever he can get that best care, and I'm sure he was guided by his neurosurgeons and the experts at Geisinger CMC to where he could get that level of service. Could he get great service here? Absolutely. But we deserve to give him the best, and I'm sure that's what his family was guided by, he was guided by, and his medical doctors who advised him were guided by and and that's where we're at with that it's uh 332 here at wilk we'll be back with the rob o'donnell show after the news with paul michaels welcome back to the rob o'donnell show on wilk news radio 35 degrees outside at 339 um you can call or text about 570-883-0098 let's go to the phones we have uh, lorraine from hazelton on officer gilmartin lorraine how are you I'm hanging in. How are you? All right. Not too bad. Yeah. Listen, um, when I saw on the news about Officer Gilmartin, I just um, broke out into tears, and I said, oh, dear God, I said, God bless him. I couldn't help myself but cry out of happiness. You know, um, I was really surprised, you know, because every time I would hear it, critical, 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 and not that he's out of the woods, but and then I saw him raise his arm, and um, and then when I heard he was going to Philadelphia, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh boy, he needs more rehabilitation, and uh, I just hoped that he could walk and his cognitive, you know, um, abilities are okay. But uh, I was so happy to see him, and so sad. I mean, not sad, but I mean. Sad because the incident happened. Yes, and I was overwhelmed, you know, because, I mean, I cried when it first happened, too, you know. Yeah. And um, you know what? Um, and only by the grace of God that he is alive. Oh, without a doubt. So, without a doubt, Lorraine. And, and listen, and when I say this, I'm not taking away from any medical profession or, or, or treatment, but... um. And when I say about God, it's because one time a doctor said to me, you know what, Lorraine, I've had patients go to the best hospitals, had the best care, but um, sometimes when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. But no, I just say that out of, you know, um, the way I feel. I mean, it's easier to say, you know, 
Oh, don't mind me. I'm just overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Um, when I when I arrived at the hospital that morning that this incident happened, it, it was a dire situation. It did not look good. Um, yeah, I, just by the I, pure the pure determination of, of Detective Gil Martin himself and yeah. the Almighty above, who said it's not his time. Uh, he's where well, he's at now, I mean. and, and I I, yeah. I hope he gets the best rehabilitation mm -hmm. he can. And like I said, we owe it to him to return him home the same way he left that morning. Yeah, I, I just was so happy to see to see him. You know. Yeah, we all are. We all the, the and entire that, community, and, and seeing the outpouring of support from the community yeah. has just been tremendous. I mean, I was going to share that right from the beginning, but then I thought, oh, well, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> there, and, and you just did, Lorraine. So I appreciate yes. it. And, and again, he's on his well way to recovery. If you watch the video, he was smiling. He was shaking yeah. his, his colleagues' hands, giving high fives, raised his hand to the entire community, the entire community of Scranton, his hand yeah. as high as it could be while he wore his police uniform shirt yeah. that he's so proud to wear and his police uniform hat as he's so proud to wear and let and, them know and, that, that his fight's not over, but he's in it. Yeah, I know. I figured and when I, as soon as I saw his hat, his cap and his, his uniform, I thought, oh, boy, he's wearing it, you know. And um, I didn't see him give him... Um, the handshakes and that, but I saw his hand raised real high, his arm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, I did. So, um, yes, I just had to share that and um, and my thoughts and prayers, you know. Well, I appreciate it, Lorraine. Thank you for checking in with us. Thanks for letting us know you're doing okay. And, and you know, this this well, is a good emotion to feel. It's good to, to, to feel good and be overwhelmed by seeing someone overcome such, such a tragedy. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a miracle. It is. No doubt. It is a miracle. And, um, okay, well, I guess I better let you go. <laughs> All right, Lorraine, you have a great afternoon. Thanks for calling. Oh, I'll try. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. It's uh, 342 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 36 degrees. It's saying cloudy now. Couldn't tell you I'm not outside. 345 here in the studio in Pittston. Well, there's some inflationary woes. More chain stores closed in 2023, and it's going to continue into 2024. With um, Led by the iconic department store Macy's. In 2023, retail stores, pharmaceutical, and fast food chains continued a trend of previous years, declaring bankruptcy and closing their doors or shutting down some locations to cut costs, citing inflation, higher costs, and profit loss. Last May, discount retailer Tuesday morning announced it was closing its door nationwide after being in business for 49 years. Home good chain Christmas tree shops filed for bankruptcy and liquidated all of its stores, as did the largest bridal store chain in the USA, David's Bridal, laying off tens of thousands of employees. Sears, the once largest retailer in the world with more than 700 stores in the USA, shuttered hundreds of locations. Now only 12 stores remain open. New York-based specialty athletic retailer Foot Locker also announced it was closing 400 stores in North America by 2026 after reporting sales, gross margins, and income losses. Pharmaceutical giants CVS and Walgreens also closed stores as cost-cutting measures. CVS announced its plan to close 900 locations by the end of 2026. The store closures came diluted earnings per share for shareholders after reporting over $170 million in earnings loss. 
Walgreens announced it was closing 450 stores to cut costs. Fast food chains Pizza Hut and Boston Market also closed locations in multiple states, with Boston Market's failure to pay wages resulting in regulatory action in New Jersey and litigation in Arizona and Massachusetts. Now at the beginning of 2024, the iconic department store Macy's announced that it's closing five stores nationwide and laying off 3.5% of its workforce, or 2,350 employees, to cut costs. The Wall Street Journal reported, despite our strong, tangible progress over the last few years, we remain under pressure. Its outgoing CEO, Jeff Gennetti, said in a memo obtained by the Journal. Since President Joe Biden took office in January 2021, inflation and prices for all goods and services soared, initially breaking 40-year record highs. As prices and costs go up, wages have gone down, placing additional stress on family finances. From January 2021 to November 2023, it's noted that real disposable income has dropped by 7.5%. Home ownership affordability has dropped by over 37%. Credit card debt has increased by over 36%. And Americans' monthly savings have dropped by over 81%. Over the same time period, consumer prices increased by more than 17%. Gas prices increased by over 50%. Despite recession predictions, the economy expanded slowly last year, but as a result of the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates, increased congestional spending, in congressional spending, and other factors contributed to increased inflation. By late December 2023, the national debt surpassed $34 trillion for the first time in U.S. history. In fiscal year 2023, the administration and Congress ran a deficit of at least $1.7 trillion dollars major store closures and outgoing inflationary concerns continue as only 39 percent of likely u.s voters recently polled expressed a favorable view of biden's job performance as president but things are happening the best right things are the best they've ever been we've created more jobs than we've ever been prices are down gas is down everything's down everything's hunky-dory if you listen to this administration Shouldn't we need people, if you're going to fix problems, if you're going to truly address something, don't you need to admit they exist? I mean, here's someone, here's an administration that is looking you in the eye just today, uh, you know, spiking the football over the uh, the recent Supreme Court decision that uh, they needed to take the uh, razor wire down in the state of Texas, telling you there's no problem, the border is secure, as we see what's going on. And then we're exposed to believe them, and people call this show and text this show all the time with the rhetoric that things are great, things are going good. Biden's done all these wonderful things. Oh, I just listed you the things that he's not doing. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 36 degrees and cloudy here at 5... 5... 3.53... Um, listen, when, when businesses in our area do great things and give back to our community, I'm going to recognize it here like I have with the Detective Gilmartin fundraisers from all the different organizations that have done there. And, and this is no different. Ravello's donates pizzas to benefit an injured Riverside student. Ravello's Pizza in Old Forge donated nearly 200 trays of pizza to Riverside Junior Senior High School to benefit the family of a boy who was hit by a car while walking to school on January 12th. 
The Riverside Key Club will sell the peaches Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. for $15 a tray at Riverside Junior Senior High School, 310 Davis Street in Taylor. All the money collected will go directly to the student's family. Great job, Ravellos and Old Forge. Great job for the Riverside Key Club and the Riverside Junior Senior High School. So if you're looking for pizza on Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m., I'd get there early because I have a sense they're going to get out of the, go quickly. $15 a tray for Ravello's Pizza at Riverside Junior Senior High School, 310 Davis Street in Taylor for a student who was hit by a car. And the money collected is going directly to the student's family to help with his recovery. So good job, everyone involved with that. Uh, when we started out the show, and Nikki, during her show, was talking about the public input hearings for the rate increase sought by the Pennsylvania American Water. Um, and if you go to their website, P-A-P-U-C, it's P-U-C.PA.gov. You can go to press releases. It's there. And this was published on the 22nd, which was yesterday. Twelve in-person and telephonic hearings provide statewide opportunities to gather public input from customers and other concerned parties. The Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission, PUC, today reminded customers and other concerned parties that uh, concerned parties about an upcoming series of 12 in-person and telephonic hearings to gather public input on the request of Pennsylvania American Water Company to increase rates for water and wastewater services. Total of eight in-person meetings, public input hearings have been scheduled for the following dates, times, and locations. Monday, January 29th, there'll be one in Allegheny County. Tuesday, January 30th. Again, Tuesday, January 30th, there'll be one here in Scranton. Hearing 1 will be at 1 p.m. Hearing 2 will be at 6 p.m. So 1 and 6 p.m. on the 30th, January 30th, here in Scranton. They will be held at the Scranton Cultural Center, 420 North Washington Avenue. So again, January 30th, 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock at the Scranton Cultural Center. January 31st, Exeter Township, Reading, and Berks County at the Dunn Community Center, again at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m., Harrisburg on February 6th, 1 p.m. and 6 p.m., at the main PUC hearing room. Additionally, there'll be uh, four telephonic public input hearings on the following dates, Monday, February 5th, Wednesday, February 7th, both at 1 and 6 p.m. It looks like you have to sign up for the hearings. If you wish to testify, you're encouraged to pre-register with the Office of Consumer Advocates. I'm going to end up posting this on my social media, and I will also send a link of it to uh, Nikki as well, because it looks like the first meeting, especially in our area, is January 30th. The first meeting that they're going to have all together is in Allegheny County at Port View Borough Social Hall on January 29th. Looks like all the hearings are both at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m., so there'll be two hearings each day. And there's a whole list of uh, a whole list of information and how you can get involved, the number to call to be involved with the telephonic public hearings. If you want to speak or testify, you have to pre-register. 
So, so there's a bunch of things. But the, the meeting for our area is going to be January 30th, 2024, both at 1 and 6 p.m. at the Scranton Cultural Center, 420 North Washington Avenue in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There'll be another meeting at, in Allegheny County, another meeting in Berks County, another meeting in Harrisburg. And then Monday, February 5th, and Wednesday, February 7th, there will be two telephone meetings, two days with two meetings per date. Again, 1 and 6 p.m., so four telephone meetings. PUC Deputy Chief Administrative Law Judge Christopher Pell, Administrative Law Judge John M. Coogan, and Administrative Law Judge Emily DeVoe will preside over the public input hearings. And again, there's a way to sign up if you wish to testify. Those who pre-register and provide the information listed below will be called to testify at the hearing in the order in which they pre-register. If you wish to testify at a telephonic public input hearing, you must pre-register with the OCA by Thursday, February 1st to receive the call-in information. And again, I'll be posting this information on my social media. But the meeting for our area, Scranton, is Tuesday, January 30th, both at 1 and 6 p.m. at the Scranton Cultural Center. So I hope that answers the information that was out there, the questions that were out there that were being asked that started during Nikki's show. But um, there it is. Gave it to you. It's coming up on the 4 o'clock hour here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this.